And just to begin with, to let people understand what I'm doing with my 72nd birthday. In the Asian tradition, that's uh, an auspicious birthday because we work in cycles. This is the six cycles of 12 years. That's kind of auspicious. But one of the things which I did learn uh, when I first went to Thailand uh, as a monk, on birthdays, you never expect any presents. On a birthday, you want to celebrate that by giving presents to others. So if it was my birthday and I was a lay person, I'd be going around to temples or to charities and I would be giving them money. And it's a different way of looking at a birthday. It's an opportunity to make good, meritorious uh, contributions to society. And anyway, as a monk, I mean, what can you give me, honestly? <laughs> you don't want anything, you don't need anything. And so people try their very, very best to find something they can give to me. And one of the most innovative things which somebody tried was they asked me exactly, not just the date of my birth, but the hour and minute of my birth, as best I could remember. I never knew really what they were up to, but when it came to my birthday, they said they spent a huge amount of money getting one of the most world-renowned astrologers. They had the time, the date of my birthday and the place, so they said, we've done this, we've done your astrology, can we read out your horoscope for the next 12 months? They said, well, they spent all that money on it, why not? And so they read it out and it began with, for someone who was born at this time on the 7th of August 1951, this year, they said, will be a great year for romance. I'm still a monk, so it wasn't true. <laughs> so that, that was the end of believing in astrology for that. But nevertheless, instead of trying to find something to give for myself, it's nice to be able to support things like when I raise funds for other monasteries. So this year there's two monasteries, little book of, uh, paint, not paintings, but charcoal drawings are very beautiful. And so those are going to be used to raise funds for the monastery in Melbourne, the retreat centre there, NBM. We're building a retreat centre there. It's uh, a place that's like Jarna Grove, you can go on retreats, it's gorgeous. And the other uh, is to raise funds for Anukampa Bikuni project in UK, in Oxford. That's Ayachanda's place. And it's doing really well over there, but the house they have now is really small and they can't really grow in a small house like that. So trying to raise funds to increase that. So because of that, you've got little things like this. I thought this was a dog, but it's apparently a llama. And llamas, of course, are part of the Buddhist tradition. Wherever it goes. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that's much better. So it's not worth anything, but it's like cute. And I was told to make it more attractive, you can see that it's very close to Ajahn Brahm. <laughs> it's very cute actually. <laughs> and so that makes it a little bit more 
uh, auctionable. And everything we auction, it's not worth much money, you can probably get one of these, but uh, pretty cheaply. But that's not the point of auctions, for raising funds for things. It's just the joy of actually doing something good for another. It's an excuse to be generous, that's all. And of course, anybody who is not wealthy, it doesn't matter, you can all join together. You can keep it one day a year, and the 365 of you join together. <laughs> Whatever, anyway, there's a number of items there and a bit of joy and happiness as well. Not really concerned about the amount of money raised. I'm always concerned about just the joy and the happiness of helping me do something good for other people. So that's the, the auction thing. So anyway, that's enough about um, materialism. <laughs> so now we can do some meditation. So for those of you who are uh, ready, we could... Each one of these things, people make them or they give them, and it's just absolutely gorgeous what people do. The amount of time they spent making this was immense. So anyway, now we can do some meditation. So if you'd like to close your eyes and get yourselves comfortable. And please turn off any mobile phones. I was very lucky that when the Buddha was meditating under the Bodhi tree, there were no mobile phones. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a Buddha today. <laughs> and with your eyes closed, please bring the awareness to your body, first of all. It's a little practice we call kindfulness combining kindness together with awareness, kindfulness. So I'm aware of my body now, but I'm not just being aware of it, I will be kind to it as well. I can feel my legs. And in order to be mindful of them, I do a little simple trick of asking my legs so I would ask you, are you comfortable? I ask that question to my legs. Legs, are you comfortable? And then I become aware of the feelings in my legs. If I find there's anything which I can do to make them more comfortable, which I can, you know, my foot needs to be pushed out a little bit further. And I do that. And one of the advantages of mindfulness is you get feedback. And the feedback, if it's more if it's positive, if my feet if my legs feel more comfortable, great. If they feel less comfortable, then I'll move my foot again. I'm caring for my legs. And this serves two purposes. First of all, it gets you into a very comfortable meditation position where you're not disturbed later on. And number two, it starts to generate stronger and stronger awareness and kindness. I should actually say a third thing. We can talk about kindness, compassion, 
but sometimes we don't know if what we're doing is really helping at all. Well, if it's your own body, you get instant feedback. It's where you can learn better than anywhere else what kindness is. What works for you. And with my legs, are pretty relaxed. I'm looking at them now. There's nothing much more I can do to make them more comfortable. The job has been completed. So then I go to my butt. I'm aware of that. I say, but how are you? And I know from experience that in order to keep the bottom comfortable, I just have to even out the feelings of pressure on my seat. So by evening them out, I know that that's not going to be disturbing in a few moments' time. Those feelings are going to dis dis disappear. So once I've evened out the pressure on my buttocks, then I can go up to my waist. And I like straightening my back up at this time. It feels really good. It's like pushing pushing the bottom of my back inwards. It's like a stretching exercise. But it does result in my back feeling comfortable and strong. And then I do a quick scan up the inside of my body. And the inside of the body starting with the uh, digestive tracts. You feel them. And if there's any pressure anywhere there, you learn just by being with a pressure. You don't need to do anything, just caring for it. Almost asking for it to relax, and it does. Because I've been doing this for so many years, I can just relax any part of my intestines. Just watch them and see them become more and more at ease. Which means that any stomach ache, tummy ache can disappear quite easily. And it goes up to my stomach. This last Tuesday we had Solaris Cancer Care came to do their annual visit to Bodhinyana Monastery. So I'm teaching them that this body scan. Especially if any of you do have problems with cancers or you can actually go to those parts of the body which feel like they're aching or they're tight. You just focus on them. Mindfulness and add the kindness. See how much you can relax you know, your liver or relax your kidney. Relax the breast. 
When you're mindful of the body, you can see these diseases come straight away, very early. You don't need to have scans. Because you're wise enough, this is your body, you live in it. If you grow awareness and wisdom about it, you can see things very clearly. And save your life. Then I go up to my shoulders. My shoulders are a bit tight today, don't know why. But nevertheless, I'm aware of them, kind to them, and give them the gift of relaxation. Shoulders, you don't need to do anything. You can be at ease. Imagine loosening all the ends of my shoulder muscles. So they're not being stretched, they're not being squashed. They're at ease. I go down my arms to my fingers. And I've, I've heard many talks about meditation, people saying where you should put your hands and fingers. Instead of believing them, just ask your hands and fingers. Ask them, how are you? Are you comfortable, fingers? Is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? I just ask that question of my fingers and I do want to be adjusted, so I adjust them. And they do feel much better. So I go back up to my shoulders and neck. I just did a yawn. That was natural, just what my body wanted to do. I'm not going to fall asleep. And then I go up to my head. And try and relax all parts of your head. I'm not going to hold anything tight. In particular, I'm not going to worry what other people think of me if they look at me. That causes tension and unnat unnatural pressure on your head. I just ask some muscles in my face, everywhere in my head, relax. I like that word relaxing, especially relax to the max. It takes relaxation to such a deep level. Always aware, always kind. And that's when you notice an insight which was the more I relax, the more this delightful pleasure arises in my body. It is the pleasure of a relaxed body when muscles are at ease, when there's no tightness or inflammation anywhere. And I, I actually look out for that. When I notice it arising, I allow it to be the object of my meditation, the pleasure of relaxation. And the reason I do that, because it led me to deeper relaxation. 
the feeling of my body being so at ease, even for a 72-year-old in a couple of days. I don't feel it now, just beautiful, delightful relaxation. But of course that's not the end of the meditation. That's just relaxing the body. Now I go further to relax the mind. In order to do that, I've got to notice the mind first of all have some part of the mind, some object to focus on. And I usually try to focus on peace. Because peace belongs to the mind. And I ask myself, how peaceful am I right now? Sometimes I suggest give that level of peace a number, a grade. One is really peaceful, ten is quite agitated. Just so you know how peaceful you are. And then, what makes you more peaceful? What are the causes of peace? If you're observing peace clearly, and you should soon know the present moment is one of the great causes of peace. The past and the future, no matter how important you think they are, destroy peace. That motivates me to put the past aside for now, put aside the future for now, and feel the peace get stronger. That becomes the motivation for letting go of past and future. It makes peace stronger and stronger. And that is also delightful. I also notice as the peace becomes stronger, the silence starts to be established. I don't need to keep giving things names. I don't need to work out causes and consequences. I no longer, for this short time, I no longer take notes and say anything to myself inside. I become silent. Just like in the forest, a wise owl just looks but doesn't make any noise. Your mind knows 
but doesn't say anything. That too is delightful. And soon, you actually start becoming aware of your breathing, only because it's the last thing moving. You don't go to search for your breathing, it comes to you. You don't decide to look at the breath at this point of the body or another point of the body. This is much more natural. All you do is know the breath going in, the breath going out, but you don't know where it's going in or where it's going out. You just know the breath, that's all. And soon it becomes satisfying enough. Your mind doesn't wander away anywhere. Your breath is like being with your best friend. You enjoy hanging out together. And after a while, the meditation really starts to take off. I will be quiet now until the end of the meditation.
is getting close to the end of the meditation period. How do you feel inside? Don't open eyes yet. The last couple of minutes of meditation I usually reserve for just assessing, knowing just how still I've become what that stillness feels like. Relaxing the body is delightful. Stillness of the mind is at another level of joy. Peaceful, content. Deeply. I just know the huge benefits and feel them of meditation. As I draw myself out from the mind back to the body, feel how relaxed my body is. If I thought it was relaxed at the beginning of the meditation, again this is so much more free and at ease. And then I let myself know that in a few moments I would have to open my eyes. I come out gently. So I'll now ring the gong three times. And when the third ringing of the gong starts to disappear, that's your signal to come out from the meditation and open your eyes. <coughs> 